this is Phil Yanov with the Tech After Five podcast. And you know, friend, that we are here for you trying to help you be better at your tech profession, tech career, or maybe tech entrepreneurship, the ideas. We think we've got access to some tools and people and some great ideas that will help you do what you do uh, better, be stronger, faster, all that kind of stuff. Uh, $6 million man. I don't know. Did I just make a reference to the $6 million man? I think I did better, stronger, faster. Uh, yeah. Carol Hamilton gets the joke. Uh, I am here with my pal, Carol Hamilton. Hey, Carol. Hey. Yeah. I'm afraid you just aged both of us, but that's okay. It's worth watching the reruns, you know, just for the yes. slow-mo effects. <laughs> yeah. I think it's good. Well, I've got Carol here and uh, also the person for whom Steve Austin was modeled after, my pal, Scott Pfeiffer, is here in the room. Na, na, when I say in the room, he's the Zoom room. And our guest today has no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's excellent. It's okay. But uh, yes, I got uh, Carol Hamilton and Scott Pfeiffer here. And as our guest, we have Sandra Holling, who is the founder and CEO of the Data Mavens. And uh, I'm going to first welcome her and then ask her to explain to us exactly that one line of what the Data Mavens does. And then we're going to get into helping you get your act together and get your data together. Sandra Holling, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Phil. I'm glad to be here. Uh, the Data Mavens, what we do is help uh, organizations and entrepreneurs and even individuals um, essentially better manage their data so they can make better decisions. Simple as that. But we look at tech uh, from a slightly different angle, and it's not just what we're doing with it, but how we're doing it. A lot of focus on business procedure and uh, just smart team collaboration also plays a big part in what we get out of the systems we use. So I get the idea that the thing that you're talking about is the unstructured data, right? I mean, it's client records. They all come in in one way. I've got a database wrapped around them. It's the unstructured data that I think you're talking about. But if I've got that wrong, you need to tell me. Yeah, well, it's both, really, because sometimes what we see with clients is um, they're not always aware where the data is coming in the building, so to speak. And so we go through a process of like breaking it down and, and looking at it holistically and then knitting it all together so that they have a really like smooth operating system that facilitates better team engagement and, you know, uh, more profitability in the long run. That's what we're all looking for. Yeah. Well, I'm going to start this conversation off with Carol Hamilton, because I think you and Carol have had some sort of working relationship in the past. So maybe Carol can explain the kind of, you know, presenting problem. Carol, I mean, you had something that Sandra helped you fix. Talk to us about how you guys got together and why we're having this conversation, how we might help others. All right. Well, we had a conversation about how do you not just go find the latest and greatest app, that's easy enough to do, but how do you actually find the pieces that you need to solve the problems that you have? So how are you accessing people in a meaningful way? How are you, uh, for example, in your marketing pieces, how are you putting those out? I also, and I'm only going to admit this to you because we know no one's listening, I have this thing about post-it notes and they are surrounding at all times, they're actually the frame of my computer. And Sandra thought that that was a really bad filing idea and said, you know, what if we started organizing not only your thoughts, but also what you're doing with those things so that you can sort through the, the chafe and the, and, and the pieces at the end of the day to know what should stay, what should go. 
And that turned out to be really effective. Now, in my case, she also went on to help design a website and she's doing a great deal more with CRMs, et cetera. So it's really, I like that she's talking about processes, but I think she also really deeply comes into how do you work so that you're not just applying. And I think this is true for every tech person as you're talking to your clients. It's not just the technology, it's the buy-in. And if you're not getting that on every level, that's really hard for the technology to be successful. And so understanding which technology to use and how has been part of the walking process for me. And I think that's brought us into the conversation today talking about personal data management. So who are you? What do you need? And then how are you putting that into work in a meaningful way? Sandra, did I capture that? Oh, beautifully. I probably should hire you. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, Finish me first. I know. <laughs> Fair enough. Right. Yeah. I like that. Scott, I don't know if I'm willing to admit I've got a problem. I've got post-it notes everywhere. Doesn't this just work out just fine? <laughs> I don't know, Phil. I know uh, there's a lot of data floating around out there. And uh, I do spend a lot of mental energy trying to keep up with where everything is and how it's working. So I'm interested to hear. Uh, what Sandra's solutions are for this uh, problem. Yeah. 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 Me too. So Sandra, talk to us a little bit about what some of the ideas are, you know, when you go into a client, I mean, here's the thing I think, and I'll, I'll just sort of, I've got some presenting things, right? So first off is I've got notes everywhere and I've put them in some of them in some pretty cool filing systems, I think, but a lot of stuff is just, I like, I'm hoping that I remember this later or I've made a post-it note, which I stick inside of a journal um, but, you know, I'm yeah. not really sort of capturing it in any other system. And I don't know if that means that I've already prioritized it as, oh, I think this must be something I want to forget because I'm putting it in a place. I may never find it again. Um, maybe that's actually a data prioritization technique. I don't know. I'm hoping that uh, you're helping people figure out what's important and help them surface that. Yeah, absolutely. So the thing with the post-it notes is that we don't know what's slipping through the cracks, right? You're not in a position to make an executive decision that these five are good and these five are meh and toss them out when they're scattered all over the place. And I think one of the main problems we run into is that some of the the tools that we are we tend to use, they, they create friction in our process. And the second we run into like decision fatigue, like where do I put this note, then it slows us down and we're not up to do it, right? So no, we, listen, decision fatigue, I understand. I mean, I need a nap about 10 a.m. most days trying <laughs> to find the stuff that I was looking for, right? So okay. if you tell me if you can help me with that, I'm all in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, and I think it really differs. Like the thing with personal knowledge management is that it's personal, right? Like what works for me and what works for you and Carol and Scott are going to be completely different. And understanding how your brain operates and what your goals are. And I think looking at like, where do you want to be a year from now? Like personal knowledge management almost always then ties into what's your task management, what's your how to guide for getting done the things that matter to you so that you're creating the future you want, whether that future is two weeks from now when you go on vacation or whether that's two years from now when you've grown your business by 20%. Okay, so that was quite a leap. I'm going to have to have you explain that to me. And here's what I mean by that is a year from now, I know what I want to do. I want to be at the beach like Carol is, right, instead of sitting here behind my desk. But I'm not sure what that has to do with the stack of Post-it notes on my desk. Talk to me about how you get me focused into getting something done. 
Okay, so what's going to uh, allow you to take that vacation? Is it a certain amount of revenue? Is it feeling like you've completed a certain number of projects? Is it like, what's your metric? Is that really a question to me? It's I'm gonna really let someone else answer it now. Uh -huh. yeah. I, I don't know if there's any, yeah. I don't know if there's you any revenue. I'm at the beach, so I've already answered it. Carol's already got it. She's just made the decision to go. So where I'm, I'm going with this is like, you decide where, where you wanna go, what's gonna allow you to, to create this future you want, and then we break it down. Um, break it down uh, into manageable chunks so that you're actually finishing the things that you start. Um, Finishing our projects is a lot harder than starting new projects. A lot of us have, you know, the shiny object syndrome where something new comes into our uh, radar and we're off to the races chasing this new thing. And one of the things that fits into this, how do we deal with the post-it notes is saying like, what is our focus? Like, what are the elements of our business and lives that matters the most to us right now? And being willing to say no to some things. And so tying it back to the, the post-its and the knowledge management, it's like we've got all this information coming at us. And if we have a way to capture it that's easy and seamless and doesn't feel like more work, and then a systematic way of reviewing it so you're making decisions about it, then you get to tie all these pieces together. And so all of that information that you have coming into you can be ways of you know, leveraging connection with your team and or, you know, developing structure in your business so that you're achieving your goals. Yeah, now, I, I like that idea. And I'm gonna let Scott jump in on this next. But my, from my perspective, I think it is, in fact, important. We, you know, we always say from our side, right, we want to be, we were aimed in a certain direction, we've got certain goals, and can we bring everything to it? So a test that I apply against the things that I'm working on is, you know, does this, in fact, support the very small list of goals, which I allow myself to have during, I mean, does this actually get me closer? Because if it doesn't, then I realize, or I should realize, it's just a distraction and uh, it's something I can say, well, you know, this doesn't fit. I mean, this might be a good idea. I can put it on the someday never list and stick it over there where if I might want to reference that someday, some other point. But right now, it doesn't fit inside my focus areas. So um, I think you're kind of headed down that direction. And, uh, you know, maybe you've got some ideas for how we can prioritize our notes, you know, using other ideas of yours. Yeah, yeah. So, one of my um, favorite people in the world is Charlie Gilkey, and he has this great uh, way of approaching finishing projects. One of the things he's always talking about, which I want to give him complete credit for, is the idea that uh, displacement matters almost as much as anything. Um, when we look at our lives and we say, how many major projects can we really do in our lifetime? And, and what do we count as a major project? Is writing a book a major project? Is hosting a podcast for a significant number of episodes a major project? Like that throttle is something we have to decide for ourselves, you know, how it lines up with our goals. And so when we say we can only do so many things at one time, and we really bring displacement into the picture as a uh, you know, a, a real element, then we, we start narrowing down, like you were saying, like, is this one of the goals that matters for you, right? And, and making it a priority, right? So by displacement, you mean, if I do this, I can't do something. Exactly. Yeah. 
upset. Opportunity cost, yeah. right? Yeah, oh. yeah, whatever, all of our, and sometimes it's so hard to say no to things, right? Because we don't want to dis- disappoint others. But what happens is when we're not saying no and we're not disappointing others, we're disappointing ourselves. And as far as I'm concerned, that's a much worse scenario, right? Um, I don't know. Is it really? I'm going to say I disappoint myself all the time. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, but, you know, and I I mean, I say it half seriously. No, it's true. I I disappoint myself all the time. But uh, my point, you know, we Scott and I have talked about this a good bit, right? When we're talking to people about how they want want to get things done, we ask them, we said, would you ever miss an appointment that you had with somebody else? And they almost always say no, right? No one I know ever makes an appointment with somebody and then doesn't keep it but they never make an appointment with themselves to get the important stuff done, as you're saying, right? And the thing is, that's that commitment. So if I can figure out how to grab my information around what I'm trying to do on my goals and set appointments with myself to make goals, I think that is an important idea. Right. It is like having our own back and honoring our calendar. And so one of the pieces of this puzzle really is saying like uh, carving out time for deep work and allowing ourselves to focus on things and making those as important as meetings with other people. Yeah. So we're along with the idea of being goal oriented and having those things, you know, attach to our goals and being focused, but you're, you're reaching into something even more specific. And that is how do we take the other information, the reference material of our lives and pull that to order. So talk to me about some questions and techniques, things that I could be doing now to make sure that this uh, cacophony of data. I don't even know if that's, that is a word. I don't know if it's the right word, but the, this, this, all of this stuff that's around me in the world, how do I bring that and get it focused on helping me get the big stuff done? Yeah. So I think some of it starts a little bit with like nearer goal setting. Like what's the, what do you want to do with that reference information? Because there's people that, that like to gather things so that they can share the knowledge in interesting ways. Maybe they have a podcast, maybe they have a YouTube channel, maybe they're writers, or maybe they just want to be able to use it to help people in their network, which I think is a great use of, of information. And so knowing what direction you're heading can help you decide. And then from there, I think it's about deciding on a system that you think would work for you. Um, there's there's lots of options, right? There's digital and there's analog. And when I say system, I don't necessarily mean that you, you can't use uh, paper and pencil. I have some very dear clients who that is the best solution for them because it allows that space to sit down and make some notes away from the, you know, millions of alerts we have on our computer. Um, in terms of the planning and the like direction setting and the task management can really be done on paper for some people. But when it comes to all the links and the things that we watch and the digital media that we're consuming, you know, I think an app does have a place there and finding one that meets your needs. And I, I can certainly name a few specifically, like two of my favorites would be Rome Research and Notion. And they're very different and they, they do different things. And it really depends on, you know, your mindset and how you approach technology in general as to what's going to be a better fit. So one of the things you mentioned earlier that resonated with me was this idea about friction. Um, Phil and I have talked a lot about the role of tech in reducing transactional friction. Uh, It's one of the reasons I think Uber is successful. It's not because they're cheaper than taxi cabs. It's because getting them to come to your house, telling them where to go, 
and uh, paying them once you get there are super easy. And I run into that same problem when it comes to especially filing and, and managing the data that comes in. I'm busy. I got a piece of paper. I've looked at it and it's way easier to just toss it in a pile on the floor and deal with it later than it is to go find the right file, open the filing cabinet, blah, blah, blah. So the idea that you can reduce the friction of storing and categorizing this information is interesting to me. What tools or techniques or tips do you have for reducing friction in managing the data? Mm -hmm. I love that. And I think I'll use myself as an example. Um, so I, I love Notion and I use Notion quite a bit. It's an interesting um, code-free app that allows you to do some really cool things design-wise in terms of tracking information, including tables and um, that can include graphics. And it's a very pretty system. So if you're visually oriented, Notion is a great tool where I think there's a challenge built into a lot of these is that they start as blank slates. Like you log in and there's like literally nothing there. So not all of us have been designing systems for 20 years. And so we then suddenly have to take on this role of like, how am I gonna do this? And I think my, my best advice there is like, the simpler the better, especially when you're starting out. And it's so um, sort of unintuitive or against what you would think because your tendency is to, you wanna decide how it's gonna work first and then use it. And what I would really recommend is that you just kind of dive in and you start using it and you start to see what works for you and what doesn't. Um, so Notion is great because it has that like visual element. Rome Research is a, is a really uh, unique and smart app in the way that it works because it has this bi-directional linking. So if you, you type a word and it, say you type personal knowledge management into Rome, um, you can link it with a couple of clicks and then you can click on that link and anywhere you've mentioned it, even if you haven't linked it yet, you can see it, right? It does this sort of autom automatic bi-directional linking, which is brilliant, especially for people doing research or any sort of writing, any sort of deep intellectual work, because you wanna be able to see that threaded thought and doing that in a lot of apps like Evernote and some can be a lot of work to like, you're doing it all manually and Rome kind of does it automatically. So I have to tell you, as much as I'm a believer in Notion and I love the app and I use it for like some of my more complicated projects, when it comes to my day to day, I'm in Rome because there is no friction. It starts a new page at the start of every day and I'm just keeping notes naturally in language that makes sense to me and I can click through and see correlations and find past information and it even works like a, you know you can have tasks in there you can have your CRM in there you can do lots of things as long as you're okay with it being a little more unstructured. Does it integrate with your other systems like your email or your uh yeah, so API. So it's interesting you ask that question because it's a it's a hot topic and neither Notion nor Rome have API at present. Um, I will say Rome has some interesting um, plugins that you can get with Chrome and you can also code it. Like I spent a weekend nerding out over CSS and figured how to code it so it looked like my website brand, right? Uh, just for my own amusement value. So it, you can make it so that it's enjoyable to go in. And I think this is really where the the, um, the heart of the matter is, is it, like you were saying, the friction. If, if every time you open it, you're like, where do I put this? Or how am I going to leverage this later? How am I going to find it later? You're, 
it doesn't matter whether you're an entrepreneur or an individual doing personal knowledge management in a small system or whether you're a major enterprise and you've got a team of 20 managing information, decision fatigue is often the point of failure. Um, so by removing that fatigue and deciding how you're going to go about things and then being willing to stick with it, stick with your own little procedure for a while, then you can start to see that payoff in connected thought and ideas and be able to share them in a way that's that's generous. Yeah, my problem often is I have so many different ways information comes at me. Somebody might send me an email, they might send me a text, they might send me a Slack message, they might send me a Facebook Messenger message, Signal, whatever, and I'll remember you know, I'll be working on a project and I'll be like, he sent me that information. I know he did. How did he send it to me? I have no idea. And I have to go check every app I have, scroll through, do searches. And sometimes right. by the time I find it, I've forgotten what the heck I was working on. Yeah. There, so there is a level of diligence. Here's the thing. Like I can, I can play devil's advocate on API. I totally want it, right? Like I want that ease of being in my email and clicking a button and having it, you know, flick over to my, my system. But the thing is, is that because it's not there, I spend a few milliseconds deciding if it's worth saving. Right. When you're using a system where it's so easy and everything ends up there, are you also going to put in the time to decide how you're going to use it later? Right. right. It'll be overwhelming. You'll have all, all of your email will be in there. And be over. So if I'm in my email, I get an email. There's some information in there. I know I need it later. I don't need it now. What would I do with that email? Mm -hmm if I'm using one of these products you're talking about. Yeah, so my mode of operation is I almost always have split screen and either Notion and Rome is open on one side and whatever else I'm doing is on the other side and I'm linking and tagging as I go, right? It's all the key pieces are getting funneled in there. And I will say also that, you know, there's room to to have another like add in here and I think this is a, the point where it matters is like to do managers can function as an add-on to either of these systems. I think they both have the ability to, to do to-do lists in, in, within them, and I do that. And I also use Todoist because it gives me an ability to track all the miscellany um, in one place, and it's just a little bit more structured. It's not quite at that place where I can have all of the content and the surrounding themes of the to-do list with it. Um, but there is actually also a way to embed a Todoist uh, board into Notion, which is kind of a cool thing. I haven't played with it myself, but it's on my, my to-do list <laughs> to do that. So just so. Look at, uh, looking at the two of those, right? It's not clear to me, and I, I had to look this up. So Rome is R-O-A-M, Rome Research, right? So how do you pick that if you're going to put something in Notion versus Rome, or do you mm -hmm. do both? Or yeah, how, so did, the, how are you? The easy, the easy answer is um, for you three friends here who are Post-it note users, I would suggest to start with Rome because it's really, it's so simple and everything can go on that daily page and you pick a, a corresponding sort of theme. So on my daily page, I always have a heading for tasks and a heading for appointments and a heading for thoughts. And then that way, everything underneath those gets linked and I can find it really easily. Now the, the flip is anything you wanna collaborate on and work more with a team on, I think Notion would be the better way to go because it has more structure for that. Um, it also has different, you know, pricing plans where you can have actual security and, uh, you know, user permissions and that kind of thing where Rome hasn't done that yet. So. 
Gotcha. So I'm curious then, Sandra, if you want to take this conversation and into that next piece, which is so important to a lot of our listeners, which is networking. And I like the idea that you're getting them through decision fatigue, because I think by the end of the day, if you have spent your whole day struggling in decision, you really end up with no energy left to network. And yet that's a backwards business model, right? Yeah. So how did we then, so now we've gotten our decision fatigue out of the way. What's next? Okay. So what's next in terms of networking is like, we're gathering all this information. Well, how are we going to share it in a useful way, right? Useful and generous way. Like who's going to benefit from this? Who have I, who have I talked to recently that uh, this might spark an interesting conversation on, right? And so I think both in either of these systems, both of these systems, you can start tagging things, um, in a way that like groups information together. So personal knowledge management or uh, social justice or whatever your topic is of the day that you, you wanna start tracking. And then when it's time to do those, uh, those reach outs and connect with people, you have interesting information to share with them. Um, and I also think, you know, decision fatigue comes out of the way and networking like, there's different ways of networking. Like you can do it by building um, articles and writing and then corresponding, like even it's just writing on LinkedIn and then uh, having conversation from there. So I think it's really about grouping thoughts together that matter to you. Um, And I think it's also having some faith that like what's interesting and matters to you and what you see is connecting the dots um, is going to matter to somebody else too. And being willing to put it out there and be a little vulnerable with your original thoughts and, have that dynamic conversation. So, yeah, so dig, dig in, in on that bit. We just, first, I think we're, we're heading in the right spot. It is the, if we're talking about, you know, how I'm going to have some of the documents wrapped around how I'm going to keep up my professional network or my personal network, right? Folks that I want to talk to. Um, you're saying I could drag my notes in here and I'm likely to do that today in Evernote, right? I just have a big stack, stack of documents, but they are, they don't have the ability to put any structure in them. That's the thing I see inside of Notion is the ability to actually create fields, so to speak, and say, well, if I'm going to talk about a person, it always looks like this. I'm going to talk about a project that looks like this. Mm-hmm. If I've got notes, they're going to look like this. Is that kind of why someone is going to use that as opposed to some of the other tools that have been out here for a long while and or a post-it note for that matter? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the great things about Notion is the way they're, they handle their um, databases. Uh, and they're not databases in the traditional sense because you're not building repeatable fields, but they are fancy tables, I would say. And you, the, the beauty is you can cross-link information. So you can have a database of people that you interact with or that you want to get to know and a database of topics. And then you can also like keep track of who you've shared what with, right? Like, uh, you want to remember you sent them this article the last time and the, hey, did you get a chance to read it? And what have you been up to? And just being able to have these more interesting conversations and be helpful and useful and engaging um, and growing your own body of knowledge. So yeah, I think Notion's great for that. And it gives you so many, like I said, it's very visual. So you get lots of ways where you can slice and dice the information and make it inviting to do this work right, to grow your network, to like be engaged in the topics as opposed for networking, especially for tech people where we often tend to be rather introverted and networking is not necessarily at the top of our fun list. And so if we take the element, that element out and make it about the content that we're growing and sharing, it can be a lot more enjoyable. At least it is for me. Yeah. Scott, I think you had a question. Um, 
Yeah, I was going to ask. So, like, if you're if you're going to be posting a lot on LinkedIn, like my daughter Claire, she posts for a bunch of people. She manages people's things. She might have eight topics that she cares about or that her people care about, and they're six different people. If she's just not really working on it right now, but sees an article, this is she could just tag that article with like that topic and that person, and it would save it there for later. So that when she went back and was ready to write, she could just pull that up and she would see what she had saved. Is that, is that kind of how that works? Absolutely. Exactly. And there are lots of, like I said, lots of Chrome extensions and plugins you can get. So you can do like a full screen capture and gather it all in. And then you can pick whatever you want your properties to be. Like what matters out of that article is like, maybe it's that it's future content for LinkedIn. And there's some way that you're filtering that as a, you know, if she's running a business off of this, like, you know, that could link into people it might be relevant for. So when she goes to that person's database, right, for managing that client, she's got a list of, hey, here are some interesting articles that might help me build content for this client. And, you know, it, these databases, these tables that Notion has, you can turn them into calendars. And so I've seen people do total, um, you know, content management and editorial calendars in these also. So it can be really a powerful tool, both for collaborating with an internal team and for networking and, and kind of growing from there. So if I'm a person that is overwhelmed by all this data, what are the first three to five steps I should take to get my house in order and, and start mm -hmm. doing what you're talking about? Yeah, so I always go back to the classic uh, getting things done methodology when you're feeling overwhelmed. And that is like, right, gather it all up. It's got you got to do a mind sweep. That's number one. And sometimes the simpler, the better. So like, I could tell you to do a Word document, but you might try and format it. So in some ways, I want to tell you to like go into notepad. You know what I mean? Like, just a, a total mind sweep of all the things on your mind and give yourself that chance to breathe. That's number one, right? And then number two is a little bit of grouping. So here are some personal things I want to remember. Here are some professional things I want to remember. And then number three would be to look at it in terms of projects. And projects, the way I define projects, is anything that takes time, energy, and attention. So our kids could be projects, right? Our, you know, um, even COVID could be a project, right? Because it's taking up time, energy, and attention for a lot of people, especially with back to school. Um, and then saying, okay, so projects also need to have due dates or defined goals, right? So that we put some bounds on them so that we can say, hey, we were successful here, right? And, and then breaking those down into smaller and smaller chunks to actually plan to execute, right? But I think those are the first three steps is like mind sweep, get it all in one place, gather up all the pieces of paper and, and get them together. And then uh, grouping, and then some project planning would be like step three. And then from there, it's like connecting dots and starting to network and, and pushing out from there. How does Data Mavens help people solve this problem? Uh, so we can guide you through all of these steps and also look at what apps you're using right now and what might be a better fit for you. And depending on the size of the business, you know, with an entrepreneur, we're more likely to talk about, uh, you know, what their goals are, what, what are they passionate about and helping them look at their personal day to day. Like, are they managing their energy? Because we always have more to do than we can possibly get done. Like our task lists are, are impossible. So it's no longer a man. This is where um, getting things done has has 
not kept up because that was a task management system. And what we really need now is an energy and a time management system. Uh, and so we look at, at all of those pieces. And then as Carol was talking earlier, like integrating that with your marketing and your brand and making your life easier so that, you know, we take that um, Henri tech piece off so that you're able to do the work you love, right? And then as it goes up, as the business gets larger, we start looking more at like team interaction and how we can collaborate better and not just at the functionality of the system. Like you can hire any firm to fix a technical Band-Aid and you look at, you know, like you compare CRM systems or you compare project management systems and oftentimes they're very similar in functionality. And so really what matters is how you're going to use it. How does your team interact? What's your corporate culture like? Um, and then, it, you know, as it goes up, you know, sometimes we do uh, project management for larger organizations doing big implementations, too. Yeah. Very good. It's a really nice combination of, uh, at least in my experience of working with her and conversations we've had since then, too. It's just talking so much. And I think this is such an important piece. If you're an entrepreneur, it's figuring out how to set up a business that you want when you're done. Because it's so easy, especially right now, there's a lot of transition going on. A lot of people are going to different roles or you know, hanging their own shingle. And I think as you're doing that kind of thing, it becomes really important to take a look at it and say, what do I want when this is over? Not just what's coming in. And I think Phil and I have had a lot of conversations around where's the no. The hardest mm -hmm. thing to learn as an entrepreneur is not what do I say yes to. It's, it's what do I say no to. And and you can do it with a post-it note. You can, you can just say no on a <laughs> post-it note. This is how on I do it. Note. There it is. So this just, is how I remind myself to do it. So, there you yeah. go. Yeah. So, Scott, that was the answer to your question. Just say no. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's, I told somebody the other day, I said, they don't understand. I say no to everybody. That's how I start. I just start with a no. Perfect. And then you got to convince me and to figure out how, why that ought to be a yes. And we'll figure that out. Uh, Sandra, thank you for bringing this to us. I, you know, I'm going to confess I have uh, got stuff in a bunch of systems and I fall in love with them periodically. All I've, some of these I've been out with for a long time. Um, I've just had a sort of casual brush with Notion, but I feel like uh, I should probably give it a better look, right? And uh, it looks like there's some cool tools inside of Rome Research as well. But the idea is there are ways out here for do a, to do us to do a better job of collecting and finding the data. You know, to me, there's a, several things, right? It's that grouping part that you talk about. It's the categorizing, but it's the how can I, how easy is it for me to find it and act on it when I need it is also part of that. And it just seems like these tools are pretty good at that. So thank you for bringing this to us. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Yeah. And uh, we will uh, stick all your data in here so people can find you, but it's uh, Sandra Holling and we find you, is it the datamavens.com? Is that mm -hmm. right? Yep, yeah. absolutely. So uh, if we uh, want to find out more about how you can help us take disorder and chaos and make us Let's see. I'm. I think of myself as chaotic good most of the time. But if I want to be lawful good, you can just pull me right over here and get all my stuff in one place. So I think that's pretty good. Uh, thank you, Sandra Holling, for being here. Uh, thank you, Carol Hamilton. And Carol, do you want to tell people how to find you? Absolutely. They can always find me on LinkedIn at Carol Hamilton Live, or where Sandra and I are currently playing is over at HamiltonThinkTank.com. Excellent. A think tank. And Scott Pfeiffer, my friend, how do I get more Scott Pfeiffer in my life? I don't have anything as fancy as a think tank, but I do have strategy. Business. Well, you're in it. It's okay. 
Scott and I, Scott and I formed a drunk tank, but that's a different thing altogether. We're <laughs> kind <laughs> of never saw a bar I didn't pass. That's right. <laughs> right. All right. Tell them again. How do I find you? Strategy Business Consulting at gmail.com, LinkedIn at Scott Pfeiffer, at F Scott P on Twitter. Usually at Tech After Five, although I wasn't last night. Shame on sad, me. Sad, sad man. Or out on his porch enjoying the day. I am out. <laughs> I did a I did a week long cybersecurity audit this week that just wound up. So Yeah, right. that's real work. God bless you. Someone's gonna yeah. do that. I'm glad it's you. Um so let me wrap this all up, um, friends. Uh, you can find me at Tech After Fire. People all the time say, oh, I'd love to meet you. It's easy. I've got all of these events scheduled that you can come and hang out with us. So come find us at techafterfive.com and sign up for one of our events. And again, we've got multiple events per month. So you can find one of those will fit inside of your schedule or maybe all of them and you can come meet with us. But uh, we're the job of connecting you, the technology person to each other as well as the community of support and the great tools and ideas you need to be good at what you do. So come join us at techafter5.com. I'm Phil Yanov. You can find me at philyanov.com and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.